0: being spirit led and over the last few weeks actually this is the seventh week of this series over the last few weeks we've seen that we we've realized that we are created spirit the word says that God is spirit and he created man in his image so you were created spirit you are a spirit being you're a being it's in the same classification as God Peter says that you are partakers of the divine nature so even God's very nature is something you partake of every day. It's who you are, you're living a spiritual existence now. This, we're not trying to have the spiritual happenings, we're living a spiritual existence. And uh, if we could just catch that, my goodness. Um, we're created in the image and likeness of God. Um, we saw that since we have the Holy Spirit in us and we are spirit-led, then the number one way the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to us is through our spirit. He's he's gonna speak firstly to your spirit. And because he speaks firstly to your spirit, we looked at uh, the idea of fleeces in the New Testament church. Everybody wants to go back to Gideon and talk about putting out a fleece, and we forget that Gideon even realized he was making God angry. He told God, now don't be angry with me, but I'm gonna do this one more time. But see, you and I don't have to do that because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us all the time. He's always talking. And if we want to know what God's thinking, all we have to do is ask Sandy. All we have to do is ask him, hey God, what are you thinking about this situation? And we, then, so we looked at, we don't have to put out a fleece and actually it's a complete lack of faith to do so. Anyhow, go on. Um, we saw that the, the Holy Spirit will lead us by Scripture. Uh, we can open up the, the, the scriptures and see what God is doing, and he can lead us by scriptures. Last, no, week before we saw that uh, Holy Spirit will lead us by prophecy, and we can help God lead others by being open to prophecy and being prophesying into people's lives. Um, and what is prophecy? Corinthians tells us New Testament prophecy. Now, I'm not talking about the office of a prophet, but New Testament prophecy is edification, exhortation and comfort. So when you get somebody says, I got a word from God from you, and it doesn't bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now let me tell you, there might be a correction in there, but it'll always end up with your edification, your building up, your comfort, and, 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 and uh, your exhortation. Last week we talked about Holy Spirit leading us in dreams and how God wants people to be led by dreams. And, 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 and he wants to speak to you in your dreams. So what we want to do now is go back to Acts chapter two and try to finish this up. <coughs> Excuse me. I uh, strained out the voice today. I'm going to try to get through it. Sally just said, "All oh, good. He's going to be quiet now. <laughs> Acts chapter two, verse uh, 14 out of the passage translation says, Peter stood up. With the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, you see? So there's something that happens when the Holy Spirit comes on us that you'll resemble a drunk person. What do drunk people do? Some people just sit down and lay down and cry. You know? So nobody, see, that's the thing that I think happens is everybody wants to say, well, this is what, if you really got Holy Spirit moving on you, this is what you'll do. I have never met a bunch of drunks who all acted the same. <laughs> You've got the warrior drunk. Oh, I need to get off of this. You know, the one who's we're ready to fight everybody? See, when we get drunk in the Holy Spirit, we're just ready to fight whatever devil we decide, we've, we've spotted, oh, there's one, let me get him we got the criers we got the lovers hopefully that drunk gets on everybody we just love them we don't care what they're going through or what they look like or it doesn't matter come on we just gonna love them no matter what i better quit i'm getting here i'm getting messed up myself here <laughs> then you got the laughers you got the ones that's just they're just happy all the time isn't you know He said, Peter says, hey, look, these guys aren't drunk like you think they are. So their behavior was resembling somebody that was completely soused. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know what soused is, come south. We'll teach you what that one is. He said, these people aren't drunk like you think they are because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says... This is what I will do in the last days. Now, this is what God says he'll do. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. I'm not gonna do it again because some of you men did not figure out you were sons last week. (laughs) But your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions your old men will experience dreams. We already looked at that. Some of you are young to somebody. Ted is actually young to somebody. I don't know who. I would tell you a story, but I'm not going to. But Ted is old to somebody too. So everybody's, nobody's excuses. Now, what's interesting is that word men, well, that's just for men. Do you know that the word in old men and young men, they're different words? And they actually have nothing to do with gender. Young men is actually just means youth or younger. Old is elders, it's presbytos. And so that's, that's just what's going on. And your, young, your old men will experience dreams for God. Verse 18, and the Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants men and women alike and they will prophesy. We've looked at prophecy, we looked at dreams, and I teased you last week and I'm gonna cover it, I promise. But today we're gonna to talk about visions because when we start talking about visions in church, people start getting freaked out. Oh, that's just, that's just that weird stuff, Gary. You know? you know, you realize Christianity in itself is a weird thing. We actually believe. And know that we have a God who took sin that we could not see and took it and nailed it to a cross so that he took sin away Jesus John said behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and we believe so let me tell you something it's okay to think well they're crazy you're already in here you might as well act like it you're already in here you might as well act like one of us right and so People get real concerned when we start talking about visions because they think there's this weird person and they're sitting with a crystal ball and they're they're looking into the future or, or whatever. You know, God declared that visions in, in the scripture we just read, he declared that visions should be a part of the natural Christian experience. It should just be something that happens to you. And today we're going to try to cover some real quick, and and, and I'm going to cover real, as fast as I can. On the basis of some types of visions that that you and I should experience. A vision actually just means this. It's a revelation from God. It's an appearance or an exhibition of something supernaturally presented to the mind. So not all visions are going to just... You're just going to see something. Sometimes, have you ever just, and I'm going to cover this in a moment. Have you ever just had the picture of something that's happening? Or you've had somebody's face just come into your mind and you think, oh my goodness, why am I thinking so much about Tyler? I just keep seeing Tyler and I just keep seeing, that's, that's parts of visions. It's sometimes it's just a knowing that happens in your spirit. Um, and, And what we will call that is spiritual perception. Y'all, come on, breathe, y'all. It gets quiet when you start talking about those people. It's like, oh, what are y'all into? We're into natural Christianity, normal Christianity. According to Scripture, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, your youth will see visions, your elders will dream dreams. It's normal. Thank you. So when we're talking about a vision, we're talking about something that happens and it's appearance that's revealed into the mind. And what I was talking about just then was spiritual perception. When we're dealing with spiritual perception, you're, you're, you're dealing with a vision that a person may get in their spirit and, and, and it's, maybe we won't see a picture in their mind, but they just know. You ever just known something? You ever pulled out? and <laughs> I was going out to dinner the other day. My favorite food is any type of Chinese, anything like that. Sushi makes me happy. It puts me in a whole different mindset. You'll see one happy boy. Um, D, take it or leave it. That's the way I am with Taco Bell. I Care less if I ever eat there again, doesn't matter. But she, we were leaving the other day and she said, I just think we should go to Shogun. I said, hmm, sounds good to me. But while we was there, our waitress come up to us and just started opening up. And she said, I've been looking for a church. Why are you all here? Well, Dee's accent gave it away first, but. She said, so why are you all here? I said, well, I pastor a church. She said, it's funny, cause I've been looking for a church. I need, I need this, I need some. And so as we talked and we began to share Information and begin to do all this things. She said, man, I'm so glad you're here. She said, I'm, I'm going to try. You realize that just that little glimpse when Dee says, I feel like we should go over there because it's not her favorite food, Sandy. She said, I just feel like we should go over there. What God was doing was giving her a spiritual perception and putting us in a place to share the love of the Father with somebody who's seeking out something from God who knows that they've been part of a church when they were little all the way up, but now God is leading them into something else. And so through a a spiritual perception in, in my wife, we ended up where I could get sushi and we could share the love of God with somebody you can't beat that you can't beat sushi and sharing in the same place <laughs> so it's just that inward knowing and you have all experienced this you've all had this thing that just comes up in your gut and you say, I just know I just know there was an instance one time I come through the house and there and Dee is on the phone and she's on the other end of the phone is a, is a lady screaming I mean, just going wild. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, what's going on? She said, just go pray. What do you pray about? Well, this is when the Holy Spirit starts giving you some spiritual perception. So as I'm praying, I hear her hang up the phone and I come through the house. I said, let me tell you what happened. She came home and found her husband. Actually, she found her hiding in the closet while her husband, she that's exactly what happened how did I know? I had no reason to know it just came here that's a spiritual perception God will show you you know the word says that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come see this isn't some weird mysticism I'm talking about this is natural Christianity this is normal And God has put this already. It's in in you right now already. You have Holy Spirit in you. You listen. He speaks to you through dreams and sometimes just those inward knowings. Go, if you will, to Matthew chapter 12. Now, they call us Christian for a reason, right? Because we're what? Somebody give me the definition of a Christian. Disciple of Christ, Christ Christ-like. Say that again, Bob, because that's the one I'm looking for. Little Christ. Christ. That's what they meant when when they were called people Christians. It was actually a derogatory term. They were making fun of us. So they started calling us Christians, which meant little Christ. That's who we are. So then our prime example of how to live out Christianity is Jesus. He showed us exactly who we are and what we should be. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 15, it says, But when Jesus knew it, that word "new" means when he perceived it. When he perceived, he withdrew from there. Well, what did he perceive from? Well, Jesus was, it was a Sabbath, and, and, and there was a man came and asked Jesus to heal his hand, and the religious leaders decided when Jesus healed him, they decided they were gonna kill him. See, even these types of spiritual perception and these types of visions can offer safety. And direct you into a safe place. And it says, when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and had great multitudes follow him, and he healed them all. That word, no, it says Jesus perceived. Then later on in the same chapter, there's a demon possessed guy, and Jesus walks over and he casts out the demon, and, and and the religious leaders all got together in one little huddle, and they said, he's casting out devils by the devil. It's the devil helping him cast out devils. Look at verse 24, Matthew 12. It says, when Jesus knew their thoughts, how did he know their thoughts? It's that spiritual perception. It's that connection to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever walked into a room and you could tell you were the one talked about? (laughs) Sometimes it's just an atmosphere. Sometimes you step into a place and God begins to show you, hey, this is something that's happening. Well, why would I know that? How do I know that? Because even in that, now I'm not telling you that we're all mind readers. See, people have gone way too far with this stuff, Shirley. But if Jesus is our example of how to live a Christ life, he says, when Jesus knew their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom Divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or a house divided against itself will not stand What he's saying is, is if I cast out the devil, what's the devil got to do? He's putting himself unemployed But what did it say there? He knew their thoughts. They, he had that spiritual perception And again, people have taken this to a far extreme And they talk about old mind readers and uh, they, Well, I have the, the gift of perception and a lot of times people are dabbling in things that ain't God or that aren't God, let me get a... But you should be able to, to sit and have Holy Spirit reveal things to you. These type of inward spiritual perceptions, you, know, you, you may even get a picture of what's going on. You just see it for some reason. And I'm not talking about you actually see, sometimes you just know, you get a picture of it. Which leads me to another one, it's called a pictorial vision. Where you actually see. Things that's, that's happening in the spirit. Y'all might as well know where we're at, right? You can make your decision from today. Y'all really believe this? Actually, absolutely I do. Numbers chapter, 20, chapter 12, verse six, the, the last part of that verse from the NIV, God says, he says, I reveal myself, and he's talking about if there's a prophet among you. He says, I reveal myself, to him in visions and I speak to him in dreams. Well, we know that later on because of Jesus and because of what Jesus has already done, we don't have to have that prophet just for this. Every man and woman of God can, can, can experience this. And so in the Old Testament, they needed a prophet. In the New Testament, you are the prophets. You're prophetic, but in a pictorial vision, what you see is actual pictures that come into your mind as well as in the spirit. And in this type of vision, it's gonna be revealed to your mind in a way that it's gonna be described in symbols, in visions. Uh, I don't know how many times you, you, uh, just think about it. How many times have you went and just thought, oh, why do I see a hand? I see Tyler's face and I see his nose and I'm focused on his nose. And I see his nose, it's kind of twisted or it's, it's whatever. Or there's something going on. There's, there's sinuses, there's something happening here. You know why? Because God's wanting you to pray for him. Not always bring him to me. You don't need me for this. You don't need pastors for this. What, you need, what we need to do is people who's going to just walk through Walmart and say, okay, God, show me something. Show me somebody. Point them out because I know you've got love to show to somebody today. So in a pictorial vision, you'll actually see a picture of the things. That's why you see, if you see a a minister who is ministering, and all of a sudden they say, I see a a heart in front of me. I see a heart. Is anybody having issues or trouble with their heart? And you see people raise your hands and say, well, how did they know those are plants? They planted those in the service. (laughs) Those are, pl- no, what it happens is, is he's actually seeing a picture right then. I have a friend of mine, he's, a, he's an evangelist. He carries a Bible, but he doesn't, when he preaches, he doesn't really need his Bible. Because when the Lord called him to preach, he had a vision of a scroll that opened up in front of him and he just read off the scroll. So when he preached, I counted one time because I was a little jealous as all preachers are, right? (laughs) I'm like, man, how do you do that? 157 scriptures before his service was over that he referenced and quoted. And you know how he ministers? He he says he still sees it. When he's preaching, it's it's like he just reads it in front of him. Folks, do you realize this is, he's not, he's not the exception. Come on. There's, all this lies within you. I'm gonna do a series later on in the year about the mind. Uh, oh, some great stuff, but. Uh, but this is in you. This is in your spirit. We've called it everything. We've called it intuition, <laughs> perception, We've called it everything other than what it is. It's Holy Spirit leading the believer. And so what happens is they see a picture. They get a picture, it's a heart, it's a leg, it's a bone, it's an ear, you know? It's, it's funny when, when the Holy Spirit uses me in a word of uh, knowledge like this, uh, I can feel what the person's feeling. So if you'll see me pointing at something or, or do something, it's cause right then I'm feeling that. I'm like, okay, we'll pray for that. Folks, this is normal Christianity. Well, this is just gonna make me weird. You're already weird. Dan, what's normal anyhow? See, we, we, have, taken, we have taken a supernatural belief system and relegated it down to laws, lists, do's and don'ts. And we try to actually, I was reading something this this week about a denomination that their goal is to make sure no one in their organization believes in the miraculous. I'm like, can you even believe in salvation and not believe the miraculous? And it's because they felt people were getting too far. And they're allowing other religions into their churches. Folks, do you realize everything I've read to you is what Jesus says is normal for the church? So pictorial vision. Then there's panoramic visions. In a uh, a panoramic vision, I think we got the definition there, Bobby. I don't know. It's it's like a uh, pictorial vision, but it's a vision where a person actually sees motion it's an internal moving thing actually this is when you actually see things play out you see things that are happening it's an internal moving um uh, vision and what it does it offers us a, a, a is there a next part of that a complete picture a pan you know how you take a panoramic picture on your phone and it offers you the complete picture That's what a vision, a panoramic vision will do for you. It'll offer you a complete picture of what God is trying to show you. Um, Go to Acts chapter nine. Why don't we have a whole lot of shouts today? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to put us into a whole different place. He told me this year I'm gonna be preaching on some things that, that I haven't preached on in a long time. But it's because... God is looking for a supernatural church and a people who are not afraid to be a supernatural people. He wasn't afraid to be supernatural. He stopped funerals in the middle of the street and decided to raise people off their funeral, off the casket, you know? Where is that in the church for the little Christ? Come on. Acts chapter nine, uh, verse 10. I think I'm reading out NIV for this. In Damascus, now here's, here's Jesus, a God, appearing to a man named Ananias in a vision. And he tells Ananias in verse 10, he said, in Damascus, oh, in, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called him, how? In a vision. This is all through the Word, folks. Well, that was in the Bible. We've not stopped living this thing out. That's right. We're still... Oh, He said, and he saw him, and and, and the Lord called him in a vision. He said, Ananias. He said, yes, Lord. And he answered, and the Lord told him, go to, now here's what this panoramic vision did. He told him the exact house to go to. He said, go to the house of Judas on the straight street and ask for a man named Tarsus, named Saul. He not only told him where he was going, but he told him who he was looking for. He said, look for and ask for a man named Saul for he is praying. So he told him what street to go to, told him who to ask for and told him what Paul was do, Saul was doing at the moment. He said, well, that's them. No, this is you. If we allow ourselves to open up to Holy Spirit and allow Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do in our lives. And the Lord told him, go, oh, never mind. Verse 12. Now listen, he said, go to the straight street There's a man named Saul. As for him, he's praying. And look what has already happened to Saul. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. So Paul had already had a vision of another man and had already had the name of the man who was gonna come to him. He said, he said I saw, he saw a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him that he would restore his sight. So Saul, blind at the time, had a vision of a man named Ananias come in, lay hands on him, and after that he could see. And the Lord told him in this picture, he said, here's Paul, you're gonna go here, you're gonna ask for Paul, he's praying. He's already seen a vision. So folks, right here, we already see two people operating in visions to cause a divine destiny Encounter. That's what. God, that's why we're doing these things. That's why we're talking about dreams. That's why we're talking about vision. That's why we're talking about uh, <coughs> prophecy. Because God is looking to set you up for divine destiny encounters in the life of others, or in your own life. And so we we, we the story goes on that you know Ananias argues with God a little bit because he's already heard of Saul's killing everybody. He said he's done went into everybody's temple and he's killed everybody and he's done everything. But when he says that Paul had seen that, he didn't couldn't see it with his eyes, so how did he see it? He had a perception, that inward vision. A vision like this doesn't is not determined by your eyesight. Your spiritual sight is not determined by your natural eyes, it's your spirit. And how you're connected to God. In Ananias where it says the word vision is the word harama in the original language. Which is the word we, where we get the word panorama from. So that vision is actually a panorama. He saw the complete picture. Where to go. Who to talk to. What to do. What he's doing. What he's already seen. And the rest of the directions to lay hands on him and receive his sight. Panorama. He saw the complete picture and that's what this type of vision does other types of visions that that, that appear in the Bible and I've tried to make today fairly short you'll have appearances in an appearance you'll see somebody Jesus has appeared to a lot of people that's just weird no (laughs) you may see angels In appearances you'll see angels what angels can come and talk to you the word says that they are ministering spirits sent to minister for you (laughs) so in in an appearance vision you you may see Jesus you may see angels There, there may be something else happen another type of vision that you can see is an open heaven vision In an open heaven vision, it's actually the veil being taken away from in front of us and us actually seeing into the spirit and the heavenly realm. Matter of fact, Paul said, I know a man, whether in the body or out of body, I don't know, but he was caught up to God in the third heavens. This is natural Christianity. Man, I don't know. I'm telling you, you're living way below. We, not just you, me, we're living way below what God created us to be way below what God's created us to be. Ezekiel, I'm gonna give you just some scriptures, you can write them down, they won't be on your screen. Ezekiel chapter one, verses one through four is an example of an open heaven, oh, it is on there, of an open heaven vision. Ezekiel chapter one, Acts chapter seven, verses 55 and 56, Stephen's getting stoned, And then he says, I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. He actually, the heavens opened up and he actually looked and saw Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. It's an open vision, open heaven vision. And then in Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, John says that he saw a door to heaven open in front of him and he heard a voice that sounded like a trumpet began to speak to him and said, come up here. I've got some things to show you. So it was an actual invitation for him to leave the place spiritually where he was at and enter into the heavenly realm where God was sitting because God had things to show him and it wasn't considered weird. (laughs) The voice actually said, come up here. So that tells me it was... John's choice. It was an invitation to come. Oh, he didn't just jerk him. Now, I teased you last week with a, a one I told you I'd cover today. Do you remember what that one was? Because when I say this, people's gonna think, oh dear Lord, <laughs> run. We're not locking the doors holding you in here. Trances... Are commonplace with visions. And trances are scriptural. The word trance in the Bible is the word ecstasious. And the word ecstasis simply means it's a state in which a person may appear stunned or dazed. It's the person is overtaken by the Spirit of God. Not just some worked up something into a trance, but by the Spirit of God. They've entered into a, a, a state where the body may be unable to move. The English word we get from this is called ecstasy. It's an an ecstasy place. Thayer's about the word ecstasy said, it's a throwing of the mind out of its normal state. That a man who by some sudden emotion is transported as if it were out of, now Thayer's is a Bible dictionary in case you've never heard of Thayer, it's a, it's a lexicon he said where a person as if it were transported were out of himself so that in his rapt condition although he is awake his mind is drawn off from all surrounding objects and wholly fixed on things divine that he sees nothing but the forms and images lying within and thinks that he perceives with his bodily eyes and ears the realities shown to him by God, even trances. Come back next week. I won't be so weird. (laughs) Maybe, I ain't promising nothing. In Acts chapter 10, there was a man named Cornelius and he was a Roman uh, uh, soldier who had converted to Judaism. The Word tells us that he was a devout man of God. Just hold on to that, Bobby. We'll get to that in a second. The Word tells us that he was a devout man of God, that he prayed regularly, gave offerings to the church. He had a vision that an angel came to him and said, send men to Joppa to find a man named Peter. Here we go with those pictures again. I'm going to tell you where he's at. I'm going to tell you who you're looking for. See, it's more than just one instance, folks. He's, and so he said, send me to Joppa, I'm gonna show you a man named uh, Peter. And he even told him what house Peter was going to be at. So here's where we pick it up in verse nine. I'm gonna read a lot of scriptures here and I'm gonna read them quick so we can go on. In Acts chapter 10, verse nine, he said, on the morrow, they went on their way and drew nigh unto the city, and Peter went up on the housetop to pray. And about the sixth hour, he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. I guess if it was okay for the apostles, it should be okay for the rest of us disciples, right? He says, and he would have gotten up and eaten, but while they made the food ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending upon him as it had been a great sheet knit together to four corners and let down to the earth. So he saw heaven open and this sheet come down and hit the earth and just open up. And all this happened while he was in a trance. He said, wherein all manner of four-footed beasts, now if you know anything about Judaism, you know they had very limited stuff that, that from the law that they could eat. And so he said, I saw every manner of four-footed beast of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said no. Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten any common thing or unclean, anything that is common or unclean. And the voice of the Lord spake to him again the second time. What God has cleaned, cleansed, that call thou not. He said, listen, if I've called it clean, don't you call it unclean. Three times this conversation happened with Peter while he was in a trance. So even though somebody may feel like they're in a trance here or appear to be in a trance here Doesn't mean that things aren't going on in their spirit This is all happening inside of his spirit <coughs> And so this happened three things now look at verse 17 And it says and the vessel was received up into again into heaven Verse 17 Now while Peter doubted himself Now how many of us would say that would cause us to doubt ourselves Our own sanity <laughs> I thought about this when I thought about trance as one of the conferences we had here last year or so. And there's actually a picture, Holy Spirit came upon me like this, and they laid me here in the front, and I believe it was like two hours, I didn't move. A muscle, I think my hand might have twitched. And honestly, if you look at the picture, Ted, it looks like my, it looks, maybe I should stay in that state, Ron. Because it looked like I lost about 50 pounds because my clothes were just pulled around me. They were just pulled on the ground around me. And, 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 the, and God spoke to me and told me a lot of things. Matter of fact, Bill Vanderbush was here preaching that day and he just had to walk over me. You know Why? Because this is normal And Peter doubted himself and what this vision which he had seen should mean behold the men which were sent for, from Cornelius from Cornelius's vision had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood at the gate and called and asked whether Simon which was surnamed Peter was lodged there and while Peter thought on the vision the spirit said to him there's three guys looking for you they're down at your gate He's sitting there, still in his trance, doubting himself, and Holy Spirit decides to speak to him again. Said, hey, there's three guys down outside looking for you. (laughs) And he tells him, he says, arise therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter gets up, he goes downstairs, he introduces himself. He hears their story and keeps them overnight. And the next day he goes to Cornelius's house. And the word says while he was at Cornelius's house, he preached to them because they knew Judaism but they didn't know Jesus. So he preached to them, all of them accepted this gift of salvation. All of them it says were filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak in tongues. Normal Christianity. Well, I don't know about all that tongue stuff. Well, come on, we'll talk about it. Sometime this year, we're gonna get to that too. Um, well, I don't know, come on. You're already here. Brother Hagan used to tell us, you're already here, they think you're one of us anyhow. <laughs> but I'm telling you folks, God is looking for a people who will begin to move in the miraculous the way Christ himself moved in the miraculous. And you have everything you need right now. You are completely equipped right now. There's no special uh, 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 workout. There's no special checklist to do. You are equipped right now to operate in the miraculous things of God and the world is waiting on you to do it. Glory. One more, Paul was arrested, he's in Rome, he's getting tried, and they ask him to tell his story. And in Acts chapter 22, verse 17, because I'm not going to give you one scripture and let you run out of here. Say, so, okay, he used one scripture, said something about a trance. I've narrowed this down cause just because I said trances last week. And Acts after 22 verse 17, he says, and Paul's telling his story to the Romans. He says, and it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed at church, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. This stuff just happened. He said, I was in a trance and I saw him talking about God and I saw him saying to me, make haste. And get thee out quickly, and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. So here in a trance, he has a vision of God come to him and said, they're not going to accept you in Jerusalem. So as soon as you come out of this, just get out of here. Skip town, go. They're not going to accept you. And the word says that God told him, he says, I'm going to take you to the Gentiles, which is a completion of what happened there right now. And when he reads this scripture, when he tells this story, he is standing in front of the Roman court. He knew, God knew the Jewish people weren't going to accept him. So he said, I'll lead you to those who aren't Jewish. And now when he's retelling this story, it is the completion of this trance. He is now standing in front of people who aren't Jewish telling the story of how God said, I'm gonna send you to you out of a place of a trance. And the whole conversation led up to that point. They said people got so upset they threw their clothes in the air. They were so mad. They they went to kill Paul after this. A Roman guard said, kill him. The commander, so they took him to kill him. He said, now wait a minute, you can't kill a a, a Roman citizen. He said, I'm a Jewish citizen, but I'm a Roman citizen too. He said, oh no, we can't do that. So even in a trance state, even in a vision, even in dreams, even in prophecy, even through the scripture, even through the spirit on the inside of you, you have already been given everything to walk out a supernatural spirit led life and can change the face of the town you live in, can change the face of a school you go to, can change the face of a job you work at, can change the face of the family you're a part of. It is already in you. Begin to listen to Holy Spirit because he has got divine things to show you. And it's happened to you all along, but we weren't listening or we weren't taught how to catch it. Amen? Amen? Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, you are glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just. And Father, you just continue to blow our minds. You just continue to show yourself more faithful and more faithful and more faithful. And I praise you, Father, and I glorify you. And Father, we just release it right now. Invade our homes, invade our cars, invade our sleep, invade our showers, invade our baths, invade our schools, invade our jobs. Invade, invade, invade. Let your people open up to hearing what God has in store for us.